Are you ready to uncover hindrances blocking your dreams? Welcome to Reveal the Diamond Within podcast. I'm your host, author, and national pageant winner, Joanna Harabedian. Through thought-provoking interviews, inspiring stories, and teachings, we help you shine in the four pillars of strength for emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial breakthrough. It's time to step into your God-given greatness. It's your time to shine. everyone. I'm so excited you're joining us for today's podcast, Reveal the Diamond Within. I am your host, Joanna Herbedian, and we have an incredible, inspiring story to share with you today. You are going to be moved. You're going to be inspired. God's going to touch you. Today, we're going to be dealing with a spiritual pillar, and we're going to be addressing fear and trauma and how to overcome that and how to break it. And I have an amazing woman um, who's going to be sharing her story with you. Her background, you're going to find, is going to inspire you, and it's going to give you hope. And um, without further ado, I want to introduce to you Janet Settles, uh, formerly known as uh, Janet Perez Eccles. She's an author, a speaker. She's been on stages with John Maxwell and all kinds of amazing people. And so, Janet, I just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us for Reveal the Diamond Within podcast. We're so happy to have you. Joanna, it's my joy. I just love the name, Revealing the Diamond Within. Yes, all of us have diamonds, right? And let's show them how all of us can make it shine. That's exactly right. Yes. So I want to start off by by having everyone um, get to know you. And why don't you share with us, Janet, um, your background and your story? Oh, my goodness. Well, my background is kind of uh, it's kind of crazy because I'm from Bolivia, of all places. Bolivia is South America. And I moved to the States when I was 12. My parents and I were just thinking, oh, we have to get to the land of opportunity. Right. That was last year, right, that the United States um, uh, immigration department allowed people to to travel to the United States and establish residency. Wow. So we fairly made in December of 1964, and we came filled with dreams of a beautiful, prosperous life, like everyone else does. Right. But we came legally, just FYI. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> you did it the right way. It took my parents four long years, a lot of work to get wow. all the documents required. Once we were here, life was wonderful. My father said, we need to learn English because the language in this country is English and we need to learn to speak it fast. We did. Uh And I went to school back in 64. There was no ESL or help in Spanish. We had no choice but to learn to speak English. So I was always in honor roll. And by the time I got to college, got to my last semester, and I met my blue-eyed gringo. Woohoo! Ah, love it, the blue-eyed gringo. Uh, yeah, you know this Bolivian chick is thinking this is not bad. That's right. <laughs> it was really handsome. We got married after graduating from college. He got a really good job as a CPA in one of the top accounting firms, and I was doing exactly what I always dreamed of doing, and that is staying home. And we had three little boys. I stayed home to take care of them. We were we built a beautiful two-story home. We're driving luxurious um, cars. We had everything. Mm-hmm. I thought this is better than a dream come true. Right. Yep. Until the day, Joanna, that my world began to fall apart. 
Wow. It just so happened that I was, I had inherited the gene called retinitis from my father. Mm-hmm. It deteriorates your retina in such a way that sometimes causes blindness. Mm. So, yeah, I was only 13. That just said, oh, you don't have to worry. You won't see any effects in your sight until you reach the age of 60. Okay, mm-hmm. life went on. But a few years after I got married, by that time I was 30, 31, I began to see effects, changes in my eyesight. When I was driving the car, I couldn't see it through the side. And I thought, wow, what's happening? But at 30, I mean, I had everything I could. I wasn't going to worry too much. Besides, doctor said I wouldn't see any effects so much later. I was only 30. Mm-hmm. But then I couldn't ignore it. The more I draw, the more difficult it became. What was happening is that my sight vision was closing in. Oh, wow. And I thought, no, nah, this can't be. So I went home and told my husband how hard it was to drive. Right. And we thought, no. Nah. Well, the more I drove, the more difficult it became. So emotionally hard because I didn't want to hurt anyone or hurt my little boys. Right. So Hobby and I desperately went to ophthalmologists, specialists, herbal healers, acupuncture, anything that could, could help stop the progression. Right. You saw it move quickly, quickly. No one helped. Everyone said, the ophthalmologist specialist said, there's nothing that can be done. There's no transplant surgery. There's no medication. There's absolutely nothing. And then he said, you need to go home and prepared. And I thought, prepared? Surely it doesn't mean I would go blind. I couldn't even say the word. Wow. I went home and months later, weeks that went by, I could see more and more Vision closed in more and more, but then I was stripping over objects. I was falling down steps, running into open cabinet doors. It was too, too um, obvious for me to ignore it. So what did I do? What does a Catholic, young Catholic little good girl do? Right. <laughs> right. right. I, prayed. I prayed. I begged. I prayed for a miracle. I thought, this can't happen. But Joanna, the more I prayed, the more silent the Lord seemed. And that silence seemed to be so cruel because you know what? He answered other prayers. He healed the blind in the Bible. Right. That story. Even though as a Catholic girl, I didn't really read the Bible, but I heard verses. Yeah. Why wasn't he healing me? Why wasn't he stopping this progression? The more I prayed, the more I lost my sight. Until one day I woke up and I looked around. I turned the light on thinking it's off. Turned it on. I blinked. I looked around. My vision had closed in completely. Wow. Uh, no shadows, no color, just a veiled gray of nothing. I got desperate. Wow. I was horrified. Not only because I could no longer see anything, but because that meant I was going to be blind the rest of my life. And I hated that. And my little boy. Sure. And how, were, how old were your boys at this time? There were three, five, and seven. Oh, my gosh. So here you are, 30, 31, 32, and you're, you're completely blind, and you have three little boys. Yes. Wow. My husband, my husband married a young, healthy, kind of sort of nice-looking gal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was married to a blind woman. He couldn't handle it. He came home one day, and he said, I can't go with our marriage because I have somebody else in my life. <gasps> so oh, my gosh. There was, in physical darkness, Emotional darkness and all kinds of feelings of self-pity. Why me? Why now? And you know, Joanna, at times I felt like God was punishing me. Sure. What did I do? I didn't think I deserved that punishment. Right. Then my thinking changed. Of course, my husband doesn't love me anymore. Who's going to love a blind person? 
I'm, I'm good for no one. I'm good for nothing. My life has ended. But the only thing that kept me going is my three little boys. They were in the kitchen saying, Mommy, I want to drink. Mommy, hit me. You know how little boys are fighting and rumping around and doing things. I needed to take care of them because I was afraid if someone would come in the house, find out I was blind, they'd take them away from me thinking I couldn't take care of them. Right. I would just fumble through the kitchen, find my way through, fix the meals, um, you know, do the laundry the best way I could. But the whole time inside of me, I was devastated. I wanted to give up, but I couldn't because those three little guys needed me. Right. In one of those days, when I felt like giving up, Joanna, something beautiful happened. Are you ready? Yes. What happened? A friend called me up. Mm-hmm. And she invited me to her Christian church. Now, mind you, a Catholic girl doesn't go to Christian churches. But right. it's a healing service. And I thought, healing service? That's what God's going to grant me the miracle. I didn't care if I was Christian and I wasn't Catholic. I went with her to this Christian church, sat there, listened to Bible verses, singing, testimonies, healing mm-hmm. time came. They prayed over me. Nothing happened. I went home more discouraged, thinking, God is really so cruel and silent and distant. Is he even real? Right. Into that place where you think nothing else is going to work. Now, I could, I, I was alone in my pain because it just so happened that my mom was worried about my dad because he was losing his sight at the same time. They lived 10 minutes away from me. So every time wow. my mom she said, honey, everything okay? I would say, yes. She had no idea. So I was alone in that pain. God wasn't answering my prayers, mm-hmm. but had no, having no other option, I went back to this Christian church. Right. This time, the miracle happened. I was listening to Bible verses. They were, they were explaining, and I heard one that said in Matthew six thirty three that says, "Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." God, seek God first. What I was seeking was to be able to see again. I wanted to be normal. I wanted my husband to come back. Right. What I was seeking first. That was number one for me. But God was saying, no, seek me first. So inside of me, with tears dripping on my face, I said, Lord, show me how do I seek you? Because see, being Catholic all those years, I knew the rituals, the doctrines, the rules, the fashion, rosaries. I didn't know anything about a relationship with Jesus. How do you seek him? But right. then he, answered, he answered that prayer right away because somebody gave me a Bible and audio. I put on this headset and I began to listen. Wow. Those verses were just coming into my heart. Like my heart was just dry and parched, but it was like refreshing my soul. And that's when I realized what I had done is put everything first thinking being able to see would be my answers but my answers really were in the lord and his promises i accepted christ as my savior as i tend to continue to attend this church he didn't restore my physical eyes he did something better he gave me spiritual eyes to see who jesus is grace his protection his plans for my life and for the first time, I felt true joy. Something else. Are you ready? Yeah, <laughs> let's hear it. Cool. Yeah. Wisdom. Wisdom from his word. Mm. He said to me, Psalm 119, 105, he said, my word will be a lamp to your feet and my light for your path. That meant he knew my darkness and he was going to guide me. Right. So in his guidance, he gave me the wisdom to know how to react. 
to tough situations such as the announcement of my husband leaving me. Yeah. So I decided I'm not that hysterical chick anymore. I knew right. who I was. I was the daughter of the king. That diamond inside of me began to shine. See? Wow. Now, how yeah. long at, how long at this point in time um, has, has gone by when you now received uh, Jesus into your heart? Between the time I lost my yes. sight and when I want to say a couple of months. But, but remember, two months doesn't seem a lot, but day after day, minute after minute, wanting to give up was like an eternity. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Yeah. So week after we now every I would listen to the to the Bible and audio every second I could when the boys were taking a nap when they were school when they were sleeping. I was just drinking God's word. So with that wisdom that I drew from his word, I told my husband that I didn't force him to marry me and I won't force him to marry me to stay with me either. He was free to go because I too had somebody in my life. <laughs> That's right. It was Jesus. Yes. Christ Jesus would be the one who would be the father to our boys if he left and he would be the husband who would never leave me. I said, you are free to go. I wish I could have seen the expression in his face. But yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, talk about a turnaround, yeah. Yes. I, I, you know, when people say, God will transform you, that is so true in ever, every sense of the word because he transformed my thinking. He transformed my view of my blindness. He transformed the future that I saw. At first, I thought there was no future. God told me he gave me hope in a future. He was giving me a future in his hands. So everything changed. I began to have a sense of humor with my little boys. When they would trick me, I taught them to laugh. And I want them to see that mommy can't see, but I can still take care of them because mm -hmm. Christ was at the center. Right. So I told my husband that. And days later, he came back. And I think he saw the difference, obviously, it was in me. I was right. confident. I knew who I was. I had my security. None of my husband he wasn't the one who made me whole. God did. God did. So he said to me, I resigned from my position. The woman he was involved to work with him. And he resigned the job. And he said, I decided to be devoted to you and the boys. Wow. So I could have gone. The old me would have said, oh, honey, that's so wonderful. Thank you. But I said, mm-mm, not yet. You and I will never make it together unless we invite Christ Jesus in our marriage. He has to be at the center and we have to start praying together. Wow. He agreed. Started talking, praying together. Praying together was awkward. We had never done it before. And so we fell in love all over again. And that marriage lasted 42 years. Is that right? Wow. 42 years. That's incredible, Janet. You know, people ask me, how, how did you forgive him? And you know what I said? I, I tell them, it wasn't a matter of me forgiving him. I had to be set free from that episode. And Jesus sets us free because we know who we are. We, I didn't have to worry what if he does again. What if he goes out of town, you know, out of town trips again and falls in love with somebody else. I didn't worry about that. I know who I was. Right. No fear, no worry, no uh, second guessing or doubt. Because when the Lord really works in your life, you have a beautiful reassurance. You have that beautiful confidence. Mm -hmm. You can face anything. So, yes, I forgave him. Life went on. But during that time, 
I began to, to speak and to share my story about God restoring my spiritual blindness, which is much better than physical sight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and then God was to test me again. I don't want to say God caused this, but I think I had to, again, see where my faith was. Right. Another episode happened much worse than my blindness. So I don't know if we want to get ready, for, get ready into that or not. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Because you know what? There's so many people that um, are ha- experiencing so much trauma and loss and death and so many things. I think this is definitely be appropriate. Okay, let's talk about that. Yes. Okay. Yes, we just finished another tragedy, you know, the hurricane here and there is death. Yeah. Death everywhere, you know, COVID and everything else. But um, my, my experience with death was one I would have never in a million dreams years would have dreamed or having in my worst nightmares. It was September 2nd, 2002. We got a phone call late at night telling us our son, Joe, 19 at the time, he's the youngest, was wounded. It wasn't a car accident. They said he was wounded. And we thought, mm-hmm. what happened to my Joe? He was, he always done, attended his Bible school, Bible study at, um, at, with the ministry of um, student venture. He was mm-hmm. the leader. He was captain of a football team. He was handsome, witty. I mean, he was sometimes I would think, I can't believe that gave me a sound like that. He was just amazing. So who could have wounded him? We were right. in the emergency room. We waited. And that room seemed so dark to me. Dark in every way. Because I didn't know what happened. Finally, the doctors walked in. And I said, what is, what, what happened to Joe? What is he? When can we take him home? What happened? Mm-hmm. And that's when Joanna, he said that my Joe had not survived the 23 stab wounds he had received. Oh, 23 stab wounds? Yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, the first thing my heart said, Lord, why? How could that happen to people who know you? Right. My baby. Oh, my gosh. That that agony that my world just crumbled. But you know what I heard in my heart? By then I had... I had God's word in my heart. It was literally engraved, I think. Mm-hmm. He was saying, be still and know that I am God. What he was telling me is he knew my agony. He knew my pain, my heartache. But he was telling me he was still God. He was still the same one who would sustain me like he did when I lost my sight. He hadn't changed. So in my heart, I cried out, Lord, you got to give me the strength. Yeah. I don't think I can breathe. I don't think I can face one more second with these news. But supernaturally, God gave me the composure to, to, to console my mom and dad who were falling apart, my husband, our other two sons. Mm-hmm. And I remained steady, just having God's word echo in my heart. And I remember that night the, the, in the emergency room, nurses would come and they were pressing a pill in my palm. My hand said, ma'am, take this, take this. I think they thought any minute now I would go hysterical, right? There was right. something to come. But I said, no. I'm okay because my whole time, every second, I was concentrating on the Lord. Lord, hold on to me. Hold me steady. And he did. The nights that passed by, I remember waking up at night thinking, no, this isn't real. My Joe is not gone. But Jesus' words would come back to me and say, you know, blessed are those who grieve, but they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are in pain and mourning. They will be comforted. comforted. So I said, Lord, I believe in your word. Hang on. Hang on to me. And he did. And as I and as he did, my mind knew the kind of peace that I I hadn't felt before. 
Wow. That, and that piece of my heart and my mind, I realized that my Joe had accepted Christ as a savior two years prior. That meant I'm going to see him again. Right. And when I see him in heaven, the Bible said the, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will lead. That means I'll see him with my own eyes. That's right. See, I'm not separated from my son permanently. No. It's temporary. So it was that, that guarantee that brought back peace, brought back joy. And that's when my sorrow turned to gratitude. Wow. I don't try the rest. Be crying the rest of my days or be sorrowful or just miss it forever. Gratitude because God still gave me the ability to continue to write books, to, right. talk, to speak, and to serve. It's a real life illustration that there's no tragedy that doesn't turn to triumph through Christ Jesus. Amazing. Now, do you mind if I ask, was it a random person that stabbed your son or what oh, was that's, that's what came up. A year later in the trial, which was the most horrifying three days for me, aside from losing Joe. It was revealed that Joe had pulled into it. Well, all over the news, it's the same thing. And it happened in a nice neighborhood, upper scale neighborhood where we live. Um, he pulled in into 7-Eleven in his Jeep. The guy, I guess he had he had exchanged words with him. He pulled in behind me in the 7-Eleven park, parking lot. They both got out of the cars. My son didn't know the man was armed with a knife. Mm. He my Joe 23 times. My my Joe's friend seven times. The, son, the friend survived, but not my Joe. He, the man left with a scratch on his cheek. So a year later, when the trial took place, we were determined, Lord, this is when justice will, justice will be served. This man has to be punished for what he did. And it was difficult for me, Joanna, because I had to listen to the medical forensics description of oh my gosh, tablets. And I would, in my heart, I would cry, Lord, I'm holding on to you, Lord. Give me the strength to endure this because we have to go through it. Justice has to be served. Right. At the end of the third day, the verdict was ready. We walked in the courtroom, held on to my hand. My hand was shaking. My heart was beating. I held my breath and the verdict read. We find the defendant not guilty of all counts. What? The defense had built a case of self-defense because the man said he was being threatened and he was fearing for his life. And as you know, in Florida, we have a law that says stand your ground law, which says that if you feel like your life is threatened, you're justified to kill the other person. You feel that build a case around that. To this day, the prosecuting attorney or the judge can believe such a verdict could have happened. Wow. We left the courtroom destroyed. And you know, I had a conversation with God. I said, Lord, you would say that all things turn to good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. But how could this such painful injustice could ever turn to good? I don't think I'll ever be able to see it. Mm -hmm. Well, God is the, the answer. We had to first come our, our other two sons who were just enraged. We had to come Joe's friends. They were ready to take vengeance. They were furious. So we had to tell them, this won't do any good. It will only right. hurt the You need to just learn. Just learn to accept. So night after night, we went home on our knees, the foot of our bed. We prayed and prayed for peace, for understanding. 
And that's, we can, weeks after that, so we prayed and prayed, God answered that prayer finally. And he helped us realize that this man, if he repents and is forgiven, he too may be in heaven without joy if he accepts Christ Jesus as his savior. What we needed to do is forgive him. And oh. that's the night that we forgave completely and genuinely, we forgave the man who killed our son. Wow. And that's when freedom came. Those bars of resentment and anger, bitterness that could have held us prisoners, they all came down to set us free. And that's when oh. God's answer came. Remember when I asked him, how could this turn to good? Yes. He turned it more than good. He turned it into the best, the best and the beautiful freedom that forgiveness brings. And in that, also, he turned it to, to something so, so good that I'm able to speak about forgiveness as I travel the country and the world. So what a beautiful thing, right? Oh, my gosh. That's, you know, because that is, I mean, this forgiveness and being able to forgive the person who robbed your son's life, because I, I, I have friends who their child was murdered and, and they struggle because you know, they struggle with the grief, they struggle with the anger and the unforgiveness and your story about being able to get to that place. So you are walking in freedom is, is really stunning, Janet. Well, you know, Janet, thank you for mentioning that. When I speak about this, after I'm done, people come up to me afterwards and they say, you know, I don't know how you did it. I can't forgive this person who did this to me. Or some say I can't forgive myself. And I tell them, you're absolutely right. You won't be able to do it. But with Christ Jesus, yes, you can, because he wants to set you free. Um, and people say to me, well, how could you forgive? He didn't even suffer one day of punishment. It would have been easier to forgive maybe who's in prison. But I say, you know, God doesn't qualify forgiveness if the person's being punished or not. He just says forgive mm -hmm. because he wants to set you free from that. Right. Yeah, the other person. So. Yeah, it is truly a privilege to be able to, to go through that forgiveness episode and to be able to speak and show people that, yes, they can do it. Have you share like three practical things that someone can do um, to help come into better freedom? Yes, I think all of us fear um, what could happen. I was fearing losing my sight. I right. never did that. And I was the type of mom that I would say to God, anything can happen to me, but not anything happened to my boys. You know, oh. my, my fear was they would get hurt in a car accident, get hurt in a football game. Right. Those were my fears. But when those things did happen, you know, what I realized is that God gives us the grace to go through it. So if yeah. you're fear, fearing for something now, you fear something that hasn't happened. But you fear it could happen. But if you recognize that whatever it is that you are fearing, you have the guarantee that God's grace and his power will be with you. You will never be alone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't realize that I'm alone. How could I do it? How could I ever face it? If I would hear other people losing their son, oh my goodness, I could never do that. I don't know how you do it. Right. But I did only because God was there with me. He promised he would, just like he did with Joshua. He said, you know, be strong and courageous because I, the Lord your God, will be with you wherever you go. That's why he was able to cross the river you right. know, and make it to the other side. God's telling us the same thing. 
I will be with you. So if you tug in your heart that reassurance and repeat that and say, Lord, whatever it is that happens to me, however painful or, or adverse or, or, or horrible that it could be, you will be with me. You will sustain me. You will give me the ability to go through every day and you will see that I see victory and triumph. Repeat that. And you know, it's important. My last book I wrote, Contagious Courage, I emphasize the, the importance of repeating it out loud, mm -hmm. speaking it. So that's one thing. Second thing is, Joanna, is that a lot of times we drown in our own sorrow because we look at the negative. We look right. at all the headlines and social media and the news and the bloom, gloom and, and then the inflation and all this. But what if you turn your life around and you invoke words of gratitude to the Lord? Let me give you an example. When I wake up in the morning, obviously I have no sight at all. Right. I don't wake up thinking, oh, where's the bathroom for me? I can't like that. I wake up thinking, thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you that I know I'll have challenges. Blind people have a lot of challenges, right? Yeah. But I thank you. I said, thank you, Lord. You're going to help me get through whatever challenge comes my way. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of allowing me to inspire people. Thank you, Lord. You're going to help me in my job. I just praise you, Lord, and I thank you. A heart of gratitude, if there would only be a secret, I would say that's what it is. And what I noticed is that when my joy was going away, I've always been, you know, a joyful, upbeat, optimistic person, but I noticed that. But I remembered that God said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, the book of Nehemiah shows us why he told them that is after they had experienced everything destroyed in Jerusalem. Right. Like, joy of the Lord is your strength. The yes. third one is the joy of the Lord. I would say, do not let the enemy, Satan, the enemy of your soul, steal your joy. Because when he does, that's when your thinking changes. You start thinking, poor me, boohoo, oh no. Right. Your joy is gone. And let me tell you what, when your joy is gone, that's when you become weak. That's yeah. when you become a prey to the enemy. Yeah. Let your joy go. Wow. That is so powerful, Janet. You know, I'd like you to share really quick before we pray for everyone and wrap up. I'd like you to share with everyone um, the names of your book and your website so that they could uh, go get your book and also check out your website because I know you also do coaching and, and you're an amazing coach. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for um, offering for me to share that. Yes, my first book is Trials of Today, Treasures for Tomorrow. It came out in 2004. That's pretty much my story. Next one is Simply Salsa, which reached number one on Amazon. And part wow. of, yes, part of the chap chapters of the book were included in a, a woman, a Bible for women. Imagine the honor. Wow. Spanish. Next one is Contagious Courage, How to Overcome uh, Your 31 um, journey 31 day journey to overcoming stress and anxiety a lot of people are looking for that right How do you oh yeah that? they are mm -hmm. and i'm really super excited about my new book coming out maybe in a couple months and the title, yes the title of that is now i see how god's amazing grace turned betrayal blindness and heartache to shining joy Wow. Oh, that sounds awesome. I can't wait for your book to come out. That oh, is amazing. I'm excited. And you can just find all the information. Uh, in fact, um, we're doing a new website. It's just about to be 
um, released in a, maybe in a week or so. And you can just go to inspirationforyou.com. All words spelled out inspirationforyou.com, F-O-R-Y-O-U.com. And you'll get to find all about me. And maybe if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll get a free gift. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, So I encourage everybody to sign up for the free, for the newsletter and get your book. Mm -hmm. Just go to inspirationforyou.com. Because I believe in not just listening to a talk, I believe in walking with somebody through their episodes and continue to inspire yeah. them, encourage them to, to be by their side. I, that's my firm belief. Yeah. Let's, let's go to prayer. Why don't you go ahead and leave and I'll, I'll close. Yes. Yes. Oh, Heavenly Father, you know the hearts of those folks who have heard my story. You know the pain. You know the sleepless nights they go through. You know the uncertainty that burns their hearts. But Father God, you also know that if we count on you, Lord, you will see them through. You will speak words of comfort. You will guide them step by step. Father, my prayer for each one who's listening right now, viewing, is that they turn to you, Lord God, and begin to say words that align with your word, that you will be by their side. You will be a lamp to their feet. You will be a light for the path. You will not abandon them or leave them. You will not let them be afraid, but you will sustain them, Lord God. I pray that Fear will no longer be part of them. Worry will vanish. Anxiety will be gone. Instead, they will have confidence, Lord. They will have triumphant victory in their lives. They will be able to see your hand at work. And they will be able to someday rise to the mountaintop and say, look what God did for me when I thought my life was ending. When I thought my pain was too much. When I thought my valleys were too dark. Look what God did for me. Father, I pray that each one of them will one day be able to say those words. I believe it and I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I just, I now pray that every spirit of trauma and grief and bitterness would be broken off of your children right now. I pray, Lord, that you would help them, those who need to forgive, that have deep bitterness, Lord. I pray that you would send an angel right now to uproot the roots of bitterness, Lord, so that they could be free and not have any bitter roots within their soul or their body. Lord, I pray that you would move them with your love right now so that they can let go, so they can forgive. And it doesn't mean that that makes everything right. It means that they let go of the chains that have hooked them through unforgiveness. And Lord, I thank you now for giving them strength. I pray now that you would give them blessed sleep. And I pray that that tormenting spirits that torment people at night with through nightmares or replaying scenes over in their mind and in their sleep would now be broken in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would now close every doorway, every portal, every gateway, every opening in their home, in the atmosphere, and seal it with the blood of Jesus. And that peace would be released and that your angels would go into their home right now and cleanse their home, Lord. And I pray that you help them to cleanse their heart, to get right with you, Lord, to just let it out to you and say, Jesus, I am in so much pain, but I need you. I need you to come into my heart. I need you to forgive me. I need you to help me. I need you to love me and let me feel your love. So, Lord, I pray that you would now help them to to accept you into their heart. If you haven't accepted Jesus into your heart or if you need to re-accept him. 
then I want to invite you to repeat this prayer right now and just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sin. I ask that you heal me. I ask that you fill me with your love. Cleanse my soul. Cleanse my emotions. Cleanse my heart and help me to know you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And so we just bless every listener right now. And I bless Janet. I bless the work of her hands. I bless her ministry and all the lives, Lord. I pray that you just uh, expand her ministry to, to reach even more people, Lord. And we thank you for the show. And we just release protection over everyone that's listening and over their families. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Janet. Thank you so much, John. It was wonderful to have you on the show today. And I know so many people are going to be so blessed when they hear this. God's going to move them. And I encourage everyone to go, go to her website, inspirationforyou.com. And uh, we just bless everybody. I want to thank you for joining Reveal the Diamond Within, because as you've seen with Janet's testimony, God has caused the diamond within her to shine with a brilliance from heaven. Mm -hmm. and, um, and God wants to do that for each and every one of you. So we bless you now. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Reveal the Diamond Within podcast. If you're blessed by today's message, Rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Help us spread the gospel. Visit me at virtualchurchmedia.com. God bless you, and we'll see you in the next session.